Heavenly Father, at the beginning of a new year, what more suitable activity could there be than to bow our heads in thoughtful prayer, looking to thee for direction for the year ahead? We do not know what its days and weeks will hold for us, individually or collectively, but we know that though we do not know tomorrow, thou art already there. And we take comfort knowing that thou wilt not allow any one of us to be plucked from thy hand. Heavenly Father, be with us now as we look into thy word. Bless those that could not gather with us. We know there are many that are sick and shut in at this time of year. We know that uh, there are those also with chronic conditions that prevent them from gathering with us. And Heavenly Father, we would ask a blessing upon them now as we return together to thy word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lord's help, I'd like to read the fifth chapter of James' letter, James' general epistle. So please turn with me to James, the fifth chapter. The epistle of James, the fifth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the higher of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. 
Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. I've heard a few interesting things the last couple weeks, interesting bits in the news. It's caused me to reflect. This is, of course, a new year. And I would imagine tomorrow, when many of us return to work, you'll hear, Happy New Year. That's an interesting statement. What prospect do we really have for happiness? What assurance do we have that this coming year, 2023, will be better than 2022? You think in many ways that, well, it's got to kind of go up from here. We've been through a lot lately. But according to uh, some of the websites that I uh, occasionally go to, uh, 2023 looks like it's going to be a year of recession. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered or pitted, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. I read an interesting headline. The 500 wealthiest people in the world lost an estimated $1.4 trillion in 2022. Even in today's era of funny money and creating money out of nothing, that's a lot of money. Will they make it back in 2023? Or will the slide continue? Some that were worth billions have been wiped out financially. Happiness is a funny thing. Happiness is sort of an oasis, uh, not an oasis, a mirage, not an oasis, a mirage that always seems to be just somewhere out in front of us. But we never seem to quite reach it. Have you thought about that? Happiness is arguably, I'd say, the world's primary goal. If I can just get a little financial stability in my life, I'm going to be happy. If I can just get that dream house, I'll be happy. If I can just find that special someone that completes me, then I'll be happy. There's always a condition attached to it. And we all believe that happiness is real, but we seem to have a lot of a very hard time finding it. I read another interesting fact. As many of you know, Canada has what's called made 
medical assistance in dying. It's just a fancy term for assisted suicide. But what you may not know is the rate at which it's happening. California and Canada are similar sizes in terms of population, both about 40 million people. California also has assisted suicide laws. This past year, there were about, I think, 1,500 or so people that chose a medical way out. Do you know what the numbers were in Canada? Almost 10 times that. Over 10,000 people chose to prematurely end their lives. The question is why? I think for really only one reason alone. No prospect of happiness. That's it. For them, there was no happy new year. Suicide was the off-ramp that they chose. Did you know that suicide is now among the top four leading causes of death for almost every age bracket past the childhood years? If we are the arguably the wealthiest civilization in the history of the world, why are people so unhappy? I remember a song from my, from my youth, a, a secular song. I just heard it because I think they played it over the announcements or something. And, and part of the lyric of that, and I'll sanitize it a little bit, was if it makes you happy, why are you so sad? There has never been a time, perhaps except the cultures of the Greeks and Romans, where there has been so little inhibition in our society. If it makes you happy, you probably can do it. There's not a whole lot that's limited anymore. So why are people so unhappy? Why are suicide rates so high? Happiness was never intended to be a destination, only a byproduct. You see, God is much more interested in the state of your heart than the state of your feelings. Let me read for you again what we read. You may have missed it. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. And there is the key. Happiness comes with endurance. Happiness is a destination for those who find the source of all things. But here, it's only a byproduct. And when we seek, you know, in the American Declaration of Independence, it says, We hold these rights unalienable, bestowed 
by a creator, and the rights that are listed are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And a lot's been made of those three unalienable rights. But when you separate them from the creator, they fall apart. Happiness becomes elusive. Life loses its savor, and liberty has no meaning. And so people choose death. So what's the answer in all of this? Where's the solution? This is a time for resolutions, and usually they don't last very long. I think the average New Year's resolution only lasts about three weeks, something like that. I know it's a good time of year to sell used um, exercise equipment. Come February, March, it's a little bit harder to unload. But here's the New Year's resolution, I think, that we should all take. Ask God for this. God, let my happiness never exceed my holiness. If my holiness becomes tarnished, take away my joy. I never want to be happier than I am holy. If you make a commitment like that, I believe two things will happen. One, God will honor it because it is through surrender that we become holy. He clothes us with his righteousness. And two, I think you will find that God, who is the good father, will help you to experience happiness that you've never felt before. For the, this is uh, from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. The next chapter, verse 12, says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified.
you won't find happiness internally. The most beautiful, the most intelligent, the richest people in this world have not found it. What chance do you think you have to scratch out a little bit of happiness here? Let's look at it another way. For those of you that don't know Christ, what right do you have to happiness? That seems harsh, I know. But if the blood of the Son of God is on your hands, what happiness will you scratch out here that will make up for that impending judgment? What happiness will you find here in an imperfect world knowing that there's an eternal separation from the source of all joy awaiting you? What right do you have to be happy? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that we have none. And so that thing that we seek, that elusive happiness that's better than money, because the people that have money would trade it for happiness and found that that exchange doesn't work. That happiness can be found in holiness. So what is holiness? In its simplest form, you know, we think of holiness as, as, as a lack of impurity. That's only a, um, an understanding of the term from this side of the garden. Holiness is actually the fullness of God in all things. God is not holy because he, is, he lacks any impurity. He is holy because of what he is. And when we can participate in that, then, then, we can say, as, as the writer of Hebrews wrote, now Christ suffered these things for the joy that was set before him, enduring the cross, despising the shame. You see, think of it in this, these terms. When a soldier is in the battlefield, his happiness matters very little. A soldier intent on happiness doesn't make much of a soldier. But happiness comes when the battle is over and when he gets to return home to his loved ones and enjoy the fruit of peace. But for now, there's hardship. There's things that have to be uh, overcome. There's endurance required. There's perseverance. All of those things that we've read through. But even in the midst of it, even in the midst of all that difficulty, there is still happiness to be found. Did you ever have that experience as a young person? Now, doing something that you knew was wrong but was enjoyable? You never could really fully enjoy it, could you? Because you always had to keep looking over your shoulder to see if you'd get caught. But a legitimate pleasure, legitimately enjoyed, can bring happiness already here. And so it's the same for us here. If we will devote ourselves to the right cause, look to him who is the source of all joy, we can find that happiness already here. We just read a sampling of verses. There's many others that you can find. 
The irony is that that happiness is found in exactly the opposite direction from where the world's looking. You have your choice. 2023 is a new year. Fresh possibilities. You can keep seeking for happiness where everyone else is looking for it with the same predictable results or or you can follow the one who was who, who blazed the trail for us went through the worst possible experience and experienced the joy of bringing many sons and daughters unto glory and now looks to share that same glory and joy with us. So for 2023, don't seek for happiness. Ask the Lord for holiness instead. And I think if the Lord tarries by the end of 2023, you will find that you are both holier and happier as a result. May the Lord add whatever was lacking to what was said. There's a saying that goes, ignorance is bliss. And some people think that by not thinking about things, they can keep unhappiness at bay. by turning to drugs or alcohol, distraction in entertainment, social media, I guess, other forms. I just keep myself distracted, not thinking about things. I won't be unhappy. The problem with ignorance is it doesn't we don't remain long in that state of ignorance. Your children find happiness in little things because they don't understand some of the things that we understand as adults, but just a few years of life as an adult teaches you very quickly how messed up the world is, how unhappy people really are. And the ignorance of childhood quickly wears off as we rub shoulders with a rough world. To seek happiness in intentional ignorance is foolishness. You won't even fool yourself. Because once we know something, once we understand something, once we see the results of something, to turn to it again, we know now. It's never as interesting the second time. The dose has to be increased a little bit more to get something that approximates the same, the same effect as the original experience. So people push themselves to greater and greater extremes, whether it's in substance abuse or even living that 
living on the edge. YouTube and other forms of social media will show you the extremes to which people go. And yet, how many are really happy? No one seems to stop and think. If we're all running after this, and some have it, why aren't more people happy? God designed it this way. I think it was Pascal who said, there's a God-shaped vacuum inside of every man. And nothing will fill it here below. Scripture says he's placed the world or eternity in the heart. So only someone who is eternal himself can actually fill that void. But when he fills it, what a filling! A filling to overflowing. As Christians, we should be the happiest people in the world, knowing what we know. But how often we let the things of this world drag us down. Maybe it's because we're not really serious yet about holiness. Could it be? You see, a veneer of holiness is just as unsatisfying as that perpetual search for happiness. It's, it's still empty. Holiness must start from the inside. An inner surrender an inner submission, a seeking for God first and only. And then, then the Lord can add to that. As long as we want to add on to our life holiness, it won't work. The holy Christian life is not some super deluxe version of Christianity. Holiness is the Christian life. And when we do not seek for holiness, we end up only cheating ourselves. Do you want to experience the Lord's best for you? Seek that. Wisdom's highest, noblest treasure lies concealed, O Lord, in thee. We sing it. It's true. It was true for previous generations, and it will be true as long as the world stands. And one day, one day, when the thin uh, curtain that separates us from eternity is, is, is pulled away, we will finally see and experience that, that joyful reunion, that vindication that all of this has been worthwhile. What a day that will be. We sing about it. You know, it's, it's, it's said Christians don't tell lies. They just sing them. We have hymns that tell us these things. This is why I love the hymns of the faith. They point us to glory. There's other saints that have, have crawled this way before us, that have discovered this key to happiness. And yet in our sophistication, in our modern way of thinking, in our liberated outlook, we've missed those keys. And I would say the world is less happy today than in the past when people were contented with simpler things and looked to the Lord and thanked him day by day when he gave them things that they, that they were uh, waiting on him for and knew that he was the source. 
Then they were free to thank him. When you have to do everything yourself, that's a heavy load. That's a big weight. But if you look to him, he says, learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May the Lord add whatever was lacking to what was said, and may this year ahead of us be defined as a year of greater holiness. And as a result, a happiness that can only come from the Lord. Amen.